Hello and welcome to Slang Giants. I am your host, Joe Sneed. Uh, if the sound sounds a little bit off, it's because I am in a remote location and I did not bring my microphone, so I apologize for that. But I wanted to do this episode. It's a special 4th of July episode, patriotic episode. And I just wanted to say that patriotism is a good thing. It's good to love the country that you're a part of. And so I want to go over a little bit of uh, what patriotism is and is not. First of all, we need to say that patriotism is not saying that your country is perfect and has no flaws. Obviously, that's false. No one thinks that their country is perfect and has never made any mistakes. However, it's normal and natural and good to believe that your country has good qualities and that you love it. And it's uh, what is really disgusting lately is to see people who have been elevated to places of prominence in our in America because they've worked hard and they they've been given the opportunity in America to succeed and then when they're in that platform on that platform they use the opportunity to disrespect the country and the system that allowed them to succeed it's just incredible ingratitude and especially in America, there's a lot of lies going around about America's history. They try to, many on the left especially, try to focus on America's sins and never talk about America's wonderful qualities, good qualities. A lot of these people don't realize that if they had been born in a different country or at a different, you know, almost any other time in history, they would not have the blessings and opportunities and comforts that they have today. And so they need to be grateful for that and realize that people in previous generations worked hard to give them those opportunities. And let me just say it's that America has unique good things about them, about us, but there are other countries that have unique good things about them as well. And I admire a person who's patriotic about their country, if even if they're not Americans. Uh, and they would focus on the good qualities in their country. For instance, there is a lot of pastors up in Canada that are, I, I'm not, I don't know if you're aware, but Canada is still locked down from COVID. It's still to this day, almost entirely locked down. And a lot of pastors have been doing the right thing and have been fighting against this and declaring their freedom, but they've also been declaring their love for their, their their country of Canada and their patriotism for Canada and wanting to make Canada greater. And that's a good thing. And I admire those people, and I feel a kindred spirit with them. Uh, you know, let's say I was born in the United Kingdom. If I was born there, I would I would be patriotic, but I would... There would be different qualities about the, my country that I would love. I'd look at the, uh, the United Kingdom's long, wonderful history. Uh, they were some of the first to introduce human rights in the modern era that the United States took and went with, but they, were, they first introduced them. They've, introduced, they've uh, 
the nation of uh, the United Kingdom has produced wonderful works of art and scientific innovations and philosophy um, and great faithful believers and reformers and missionaries. So if I was British, I would have absolutely a lot to be proud of as well, and I would be patriotic of that country. You can do this about almost any country. Of course, not all countries are created equal. Some have better qualities than others. But I think just about every country on earth has some good qualities about them that their citizens can be proud of. And of course, they're always looking to improve and change the bad qualities. And But what I cannot tolerate and cannot suffer is a person who absolutely hates their country while they're staying in their country and reaping the benefits of their nation while saying they hate it and working to tear it down. That is just ingratitude. If you're going, it's like living, it's like being an adult, living in your parents' home in the basement while saying, I hate you, my parents, you know, saying to their parents, I hate you. you. You've been always been mean to me. You're not doing anything good to me. And, you know, you need to install a new AC unit down here to make it even cooler. You know, it's it's complete and utter disrespect and ingratitude from what the blessings you've been given. And of course, all, all our blessings ultimately come from God, but God works through human agents. If someone were to save my life, just for instance, I would be grateful to God for saving my life, for using a person to save my life. But I'd also be grateful to that person. In the same way, all my blessings come from God, but I'm thankful for the nation of the United States that those blessings have come through. And people living in America of all races are some of the most blessed people and some of the most privileged people in the world, in the world, including black Americans. Black Americans are some of the most privileged people in the world. We need to ex- we need to recognize that and be thankful for what we've been given and not have an attitude of ingratitude. And if there is an Olympic athlete who does not want to to um, respect and honor the nation that gave her the opportunity to run and be make a lot of money and a lot of fame for herself simply by running, if she won't respect her nation and be proud of that of her nation, then she has no business being on our team. She is an ingrate and a terrible person. I mean, it's just a, that is a huge character flaw. It just is. And so I do. I cannot tolerate these people who, number one, are just lie about America's past and present, and they lie about America's present and say America needs to be torn down. They're just being used as tools of Satan and of the Marxists to try to destroy Christendom, to try to destroy these godly Judeo-Christian nation that has been built on the Bible and has produced all this wealth and freedom and missionaries around the world. They're just they're just being very foolish in allowing Satan to use them as his little pawns and puppets. And they need to wake up. And number two, there's another group of people who are very globalist. And they think any kind of nationalism is a sin. Um, there was a lot of those wolves in sheep's clothing in the Southern Baptist Convention. Thankfully, we got rid of them. It was like uh, the Moors were the worst. 
Beth Moore and Russell Moore. <laughs> Thankfully, both of them have left our denomination. But they would, anyone who was patriotic or anyone who thought America was exceptional had or had great qualities or who or who voted for President Trump, any of those things, they called them a Christian nationalist, and they said it was a grave danger, and it's very seductive and dangerous. That's just garbage. The fact is they're a leftist, they're ingrates, they're false brothers and sisters. And they do not, they've, they've bought into a Marxist worldview, for one thing, and bought into the lie that America is a horrible capitalist nation. The thing is, they need to um, go back and restudy our history and realize that there's much to be thankful for, and it's good and right for Christians to be patriotic. In when the Jews were um, exiles in Babylon, Ezekiel told them, I believe it was Ezekiel, it was either Ezekiel or Jeremiah, but I'm pretty sure it was Ezekiel. He told them to seek the good of the nation they were in. Maybe it was Jeremiah. Anyways, the prophet, by the word of the Lord, told them to seek the good of the nation, the city that they were in, because in its welfare they would find their own welfare. God would raise whatever nation the uh, his people were in, he would raise one of them to a position of power, be it Joseph in Egypt or... Daniel in Babylon, along with the three friends of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or a little bit later, Esther in Persia. God would raise these um, Israelites to positions of power, and though they sought the welfare of their nation, not just of the Jews living there, or the Israelites, but of the whole nation. And God said that was a good thing. They're, these people are held up as heroes of the faith. Because government, it's some people think it's a necessary evil. No, it's actually a necessary good. The people in the government are ministers of God. Now, we need to put people in positions of ministry who are Christians. I've mentioned before that when the the... Uh, the golden rule was first given to love your neighbor as yourself. It was in Leviticus, and it was in the context of all these laws of how to treat your fellow citizens. Now it was in the con it was in ancient Israel, but the the principle God had given all these laws, and then He gave a principle: love your neighbor as yourself. Well, then in the New Testament. Paul, when he talks about the Christian Christians' relationship to the government in Romans 13, talks about how they are ministers for our good and we should obey them. But then he gives the principles for godly governance. In 13.8, he says, he goes, love does no harm to his neighbor. And then he talks about the golden rule. So we need to have godly rules and a godly rule does a godly law or regulation does not elevate one person to the harm of another. So things such as racial quotas or affirmative action are unjust and unrighteous, and God hates them. And 
He hates it when churches try to count heads as well, you know, just count melanin content. That's not our goal. It's a nice result, but it's not the it's not what we seek for. We we don't seek that to do some external quota. We seek to pre- preach the gospel and make disciples, and then God chooses who comes. But that that's a sidetrack. It's a little rabbit trail. Rabbit trail there for the government. We make righteous laws that benefit everyone, and you do not anything any law that harms a group of people or even an individual violates their rights is an unjust law. So Jeremy Bentham, who was this weird philosopher guy in England who was very wealthy, I think he came from a wealthy family, and he was very bizarre. When he died, he had his head shrunk and had it preserved and at the table of this uh at this college so that he would always be present there. It's so they would just wheel up his body with like a shrunken head on it too. Very creepy. Anyways, but he, he had this principle. He said, uh, the right thing to do is, is the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people. That sounds great. You know, I think, uh, in Star Trek, Spock was considered very wise and logical would re- repeated this principle, but the Bible says that's wrong. No matter how much greater good you think it is for the most, the majority of people, you do not violate the rights of even one individual. So when you have, like, let's say, a pandemic, you do not violate people's civil rights and lock them down, forbid them from going to church, and forbid them from visiting loved ones because you want to stop the spread. You isolate the sick. You cannot just stop life for an illness. And so that's, these are the principles that need to, go, need to govern our governors, govern our governing authorities. We have individual rights that we need to upheld, be upheld. And when we do that, we'll realize that actually going that way, God's way, instead of a by our own uh, worldly wisdom, if we go God's way and not violate an individual's rights, it actually is does better society. Let me give you another example. Years back, this book came out called Freakonomics. This economist talking about uh, economic phenomena, things that happen, but from a different point of view. And he was talking about how in the 60s and 70s, I think even into the 80s, crime was starting kept rising and people were worried that we were, our nation was going to be overrun with crime. Well, then all of a sudden in the late 80s and 90s, it started to go down. And he said it was because in 1972 or 73, um, when abortion was legalized, those who were the most likely to commit crime, coming from poor families, inner city families, fatherless families, those who were most likely to commit crime, a large number of them were aborted. So crime went down. Well, from a macro, you know, humanist, pragmatist point of view, that's a good thing. But think about it. Millions of innocent babies were murdered to accomplish this supposedly good goal. And now we're to a position where our society is getting has gotten extremely bad 
So whatever benefits we gained were short-lived, and it was at the cost of millions and millions of babies. So you cannot, you know, love does no harm to his neighbor. We must apply the golden rule when looking at at, uh, civil laws. It's that same principle. You don't rob Peter to pay Paul. So the same way welfare is unjust, forced welfare, or um, and uh, a uh, progressive tax where the more you make, the higher percentage you pay. All of that is unjust. And so if you want to talk about systems of oppression, it's these progressive, more recent rules that have been put in place from the left. I've talked about the welfare state, how it destroys families, and it especially affects those who are... uh, lower income, they're the most susceptible to having their lives just devastated by the welfare state. And so the golden rule applies to getting involved in government and applying these just laws, God's laws, getting rid of these humanistic, pragmatist laws that do no long-term gain and hurt a lot of individual people. So you do not violate an individual's rights supposedly for the greater good. You know, that's that's the, that's a law that Paul lays down and that God lays down um, in, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And remember, Jesus said that's one of the most important rules. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it, he said, it's to love your neighbor as yourself, because human beings are made in the image of God. And as James says, if you don't love your neighbor, you can't claim you love God, because hum- this, the, your neighbor, a human, is the closest thing to God you'll ever see in this life. And so, we need to, and, that, and those two laws sum up the entire law and prophets. That's all the, the rules in the Old Testament are based on those two basic rules. And so patriotism in a sense is is part is loving your neighbor as yourself is fulfilling the golden rule. And it's we must be involved in our government. We in we must be involved in instituting these righteous laws and getting rid of corruption and making sure the power is as close to the people as possible and not in some far off swamp where, which just breeds corruption, where you just send money but no accountability. It's the same thing with our federal government. It's the same thing with the Southern Baptist Convention. We, we, you've got to keep the powers close to the people and remove it from a far-off bureaucracy. Anyways, and that's what's made America great in the past. And as I've mentioned before, America's been the greatest force for stopping tyranny around the world. The United States stopped the Nazis from taking over Europe. We partnered, yes, with other Western nations like uh, Great Britain and Canada and Australia, New Zealand, and some of France, mostly the English-speaking nations, but others as well. But it was the, the United States was the biggest factor. Same thing in stopping the Soviet Union. There was a lot of people that worked to stop it both inside and outside the Soviet Union, but the United States was the largest factor in bringing the Soviet Union down. And also in stopping the spread of communism in Southeast Asia, 
and in the Korean Peninsula. Not only do Americans need to have gratitude for their nation, for the blessings we've been given, other, the rest of the world does as well. And, of course, we need to not be overly involved in other nations. It can have negative consequences. Like, we might be too involved in the Middle East um, and a few other places, I agree. But wherever tyranny is spreading, and we've worked to stop it, that's a good thing. And those nations, it, it, I mean, it benefits us as well to have other free nations to trade with, but those other nations are, are free because of the work of the United States. So I'm just saying that it is good and normal to be patriotic and to love the nation that you're a part of. It doesn't mean, of course, you have a blind eye to your nation's sins and the sins of the past, but it, all, but it means that you do acknowledge the good things, the good qualities in your nation. For instance, let's say you were married and you only focused on the negatives of your spouse. Well, can you really say you love your spouse if that's all you did? No. You would need to talk about her good qualities or if you're a woman, his good qualities and build them up. And, you know, every once in a while in a loving way, let them know where they could do better, of course. You know, you're not blind to the problems, but the point is America's been a, overall a very, good, a very good nation. We've enjoyed a lot of blessings, and we need to secure those blessings for the next generation. We need to, you know, tell the truth, teach true history. Um, we need reformation. We need, we need revival. We need people to come to Jesus, as John Adams said, America was built for a religious and moral people. It is unsuitable for the governance of any other. And that's part of why America is becoming so ungovernable, as we have abandoned those principles. So get involved. I'm encouraged when I see all these parents getting involved in their local school board meetings. We need that. We need more of that. And we need more people to get involved in the Southern Baptist Convention, more messengers to go every year. We need more people to be involved in the federal government and state government and local government. Many of you are called to serve your fellow neighbor, to fill the golden rule by serving in the government. And let's work to return power to the people. And I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July, celebrate a wonderful Independence Day. And if the government's trying to stop you from doing that, spit in their eye and celebrate your freedom anyways, like a good American. God bless. If you like Slang Giants, please visit the website at slanggiantshow.com and support us via PayPal. You can also contact us at slanggiantshow at protonmail.com. Slang Giants is a Joe Sneed creative production.